On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. Effortless win. How cosy with that? Oh, he's best yet. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. When it's over. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Hasn't he bounced back with a bang here? All the things that I used to say. All the words that got in the way. All the things that I used to know have gone out the window. Yeah, welcome to Punter's Postmortem. And great to have you back on a Monday, wherever you are listening around New South Wales via our radio network. Or if you're listening across the country via the Tab app or Sky Racing Active app. Good morning to you. It's great to have you on board. And the good horses are certainly starting to come back. Some wonderful racing across the country on the weekend. And it's going to continue to amp up as we head towards Royal Randwick on Saturday. We're back at the Valley in Melbourne. And we're also up there in Queensland at Eagle Farm on Saturday. We've still got a number of days to get through this week. And we're going to try and find you a winner through them. But time to review uh, and have a bit of a yarn about what we saw over the weekend. And also what we'll see coming up in our panel of experts Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey are all on board. I'll say good morning to you. Firstly, uh, Duff, it was good to have that racing at Kembla Grange on Saturday and uh, some pretty impressive performances. Obviously, King of Sparta was very good and also Tiger of Malay. So a big day for China Horse Club. Yeah, it certainly was and Big Parade was pretty sharp winning as well and was a hard and fast track where they were running very quick times but it was a fair track uh, at Kembla Grange on Saturday and... Uh, an enjoyable day's racing, and we've got that barrier trial tomorrow at 9.24 on the course proper mm. at Warwick Farm where Eduardo and Gitra will line up there. So and that tells you, you know, the Everest is coming along pretty quick. Certainly is. Dean Lester, good morning to you, mate. We saw a very nice cult produced by Godolphin uh, ingratiating there in Melbourne, along with some other good uh, races. But, geez, it was impressive ingratiating. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Dave. He was the star of the show, there's no doubt. Uh, yeah, he, he was a good two-year-old. Uh, we saw him place in a Blue Diamond and Golden Slippery's come back really well. And when you think back to those two Group 1 placings, the, the big ace they pulled both those days were the, the blinkers. So he did that on Saturday without the blinkers. There's plenty more to come. And Glenn Munsey, good morning to you, mate. Um, we obviously have, a ch- have chatted in the past about uh, meetings moving away from... Royal Randwick and sometimes, you know, turnover not being as high as possible. But, um, look, I, I, I'm sure we'll have stats that will roll out in the next couple of weeks. It's a strange time we live in. But, gee, you put good horses on at places like Kembla. And it seemed like plenty of punters, especially on the Twitter sphere at least, were, were really happy with what was going on. Good morning to you. Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Ronnie. Morning, Dino. Yeah, trade was pretty brisk there Saturday. Of course, we're, we've got uh, the COVID situation where a number of, uh, well, tab agencies, pub tabs, club tabs are closed, particularly here in New South Wales and also in Victoria. So that is going to impact, you know, your, your, your general sort of putters, but the, all the bigger players, you know, have, have their accounts and uh, they're willing to, you know, bet right up and as Ronnie said you got a you get a fair track you get a firm track they they um they they're keener to bet because it takes all the 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 question marks out to in in a way you know how's this horse going to handle the rain effect a track he's never seen uh the opportunity for horses to improve on a firmer track there and I'll tell you what didn't we get some speed in the races there Saturday yeah, we certainly did. Duff, I'll come to you first because there's already some texts about Tiger of Malay uh, and this up-and-coming stakes. And wanting to know your opinion firstly on the winner. It was a lovely ride by McDonald with 61. But are we looking at the cream of the crop here or are these our sort of second tier, third tier? And, and that says something when we're talking about these sort of horses in that way. 
with uh, with what's ahead. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I, I, you know, it's hard to say. You know, call him a second tier horse, Tiger Malay, considering what he's done. Uh, but what we saw the previous week with the Rosebud looked pretty sharp to me, and uh, they look like you know they, they could be A graders. We've um, we've yet to see the A plus graders resume. You know, so. Uh, it's easy to get excited, um, you know, with the up-and-coming stakes. That, you know, the, the, the first time at three we see them and they come out and win and he did the job and he did it with 61 kilos. So it was uh, um, mm. a feather in his cap, but he's got a big uh, bridge to climb as far as, you know, matching it with, um, you know, your stay-insides and your animos and, and your ingratiatings and, 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 and whatever, but um, and Paulele as well. So... He's he's on his way. He's on his way, but um, he might be more your fifteen hundred meter type of horse. What do you make then of the Beaten Brigade, considering the races that Coast Watchers come out leading into that race and and construct? Yep, Coast Watch was good. I still think he's got a uh, a peak performance in him. Construct battle away okay. Um, I like Subterranean. I think he's he, there's a win in him. Group two sort of standard. He he. Um, probably needed the run there on Saturday and he had a bit of weight as well and I thought he did more than enough with uh, probably more improvement to come than most there. So I thought he might be one I follow out of that race as far as um, it's hard to say in an easier race but with three-year-olds they all like to aim high so it's all about where they end up next, where where you see them but I, I think he's a horse that can improve a couple of lengths. Dino, watching from afar, I know your eyes would have been firmly there on, on Caulfield, but watching from afar, this up-and-coming stakes, for your form reference going forward, uh, are you similar to Duff? Were you grading these guys? Yeah, I, I think so, Dave. And, uh, look, that was a solid return, and considering the weight and everything, I, I think uh, Tiger Malay's done a, a good job. Uh, where he fits in to the absolute elite, we'll find out in time. And as Duff said, he may be more... Yeah, your fourteen, you know, Stan, or fifteen hundred Stan Fox sort of horse, or something like that. But uh, it was certainly a good return, and uh, I and I've got to just reiterate what you said. Uh, I really enjoyed the racing at Kembla Saturday. I thought it was terrific. Mm. Munns, uh, with the the race, the up and coming, uh, three thirty. I can see on Riser SP NOP. What what was it with Tab? I mean, was was Tiger of Malay the worst result in the book? Uh, yes, it was, and uh, they were very very keen to take it on there Saturday, Dave, was the worst result of any race on the card there, actually. So they, they, uh, they burnt their fingers uh, a lot and w- were staying ahead of, um, of the call there in, uh, in most of the, the situations there, uh, albeit uh, in the wash-up there, it was, uh, uh, I think we were 3.20 by the time we actually jumped but uh, yeah, a pretty poor result. And well, you know, have we looked past the obvious in the last couple of weeks? Now, in hindsight, the two horses that have carried the penalty have won both the three-year-old races. Yeah, um, it, it, I'll come to you, Duff, on that. I mean, in an assessment of the meeting, are we are we looking at that and going right? You know, we're trying to get these horses beat, but really the handicap is doing the job for us. Uh, yeah, well, they had performance on the board, you know, being group winners of two and uh, resuming against, you know, horses that are more or less still maidners with with, with, with potential. So um, we may have overlooked the obvious. Um, most of uh, the hardheads didn't on Saturday, being so solid in the market, Tiger and Malay. I think a few may have thought he may have been a little bit easier in the market than he was, uh, but 
um, sometimes the market, well, more than often, the market doesn't lie, and uh, they knew he was going to perform on Saturday, and he got the job done, um, you know, narrowly but convincingly. Let's jump down to Melbourne, because while we're on this theme of of these three-year-olds, um, you mentioned the star of the show, Dino Ingratiating. He was brilliant. Um, I want to get your thoughts on generation leading. Do you think that suits him? Uh, well, that's about all we've seen of him so far, Dave. So whether okay. they'll tr- <coughs> uh, whether they uh, try and change his pattern in time, uh, I don't know. But uh, that's that's all he's ever done in the past, and he didn't lead at a very solid speed. Uh, the fact that uh, generation um, that uh, ingratiating rounded them up was more of his talent, more than it was a fast run race, and they were stopping. They they ran home pretty sharp, and and he was just too good. If, if with that data then in mind, with Generation not you know setting this blistering speed and, and not saying he was getting his own way, own way in front, but does that give in more, your mind more merit to the winner, the Godolphin horse? Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, you certainly had General Bow sitting outside Generation, but I don't think it really affected him and, and sat probably that awkward spot half length in front of Generation, which might be the one thing that you know you could change up a little bit, but. Uh, um, the first two had the best form going in. Uh, General Bow had only had one very soft jump out on the Monday, so he'll improve. But the problem for him is I don't know if he'll run a strong 1,200. He might have strengthened up enough to do so, but up to 1,100, he's a very effective horse. And I just wonder if the Elton Zara team might even freshen him and with a lightweight have a go to race like the Moyer with 50 kilos on his back, something like that. So he ran very well first up, General Bow, with more to come. But, uh, yeah... Look, the, the first three across the line, nice horses. Mr. Mozart's a nice horse too. He just yeah. seems to get that bit keen. Uh, he was he was really locked onto the bit in the middle stages, and I thought he went well. He didn't have the sprint that Ingratiating did, but that might have been because he'd locked on early in the race. Um, directed, love to see running a maiden, and I think Lightsaber's a bit of a guinea's chance, but he's not that versatile sprint well at 1,100. I think a couple of runs down the track, he'll get his own way in a... Exford Plate or a uh, Stutt Stakes, and we'll see where he's at then. I, I think you know you can see that Moody's uh, gone down that path before with horses, and I think he'll uh, he'll go down that path again. Dean, were you a little bit shocked the price differential between Generation and Ingratiating, considering what they'd done? It was incredible, months, absolutely incredible, and and it's not as though ingratiating went in with any myth about it. He'd had the two trials in Sydney where he was just working through the line beautifully. James Cummings used the race two years ago with Bivouac. Uh, Exhilarates also in the Quisette. So he's used these early season races at Caulfield to great effect, even the in the Lawrence. He's, he's won it with Sabatiano and Hartnell in recent years. So he likes this meeting. So even if you're going on history, that uh, you know, I was absolutely staggered. Generation was very nice in the off-season, but uh, it was a different level again Saturday. And, and he coped well, but uh, ingratiating the better horse at this stage. When is the, mule, the, the Moyer? The Moyer is at the end of September. End of September, okay. Yeah. I thought I saw and, the Moyer winner. Stuff, the other I'll day. Come, yeah, come to you. Well, where, what was the Moyer winner? Written Beauty. Yeah, well, Written quite Beauty. possibly. Yeah, she got around the valley very well. Mm, she did. But it might be a okay. bit I just. Yeah, 
Go on. I, I know that there was a lot of chat about Mr. Mozart, um, Duff, uh, on the Twitter I saw, and you've been lucky enough to see this uh, this cult here in Sydney, as we have on, on Thoroughbred Central. I mean, are you watching him closely to see where Hawks continue to, to place him, whether it's back here in Sydney or continuing on in Melbourne? Yeah, look, I, I like the horse. He, he I, Look, they just completely went up the wrong price there on Saturday, and I, I had 30 to 1. You know, you know I, I had to bet, so even... Though it was a losing yeah. bet, it was uh, sometimes you can beat the market, and um, he he ran well. Uh, he, he just like exactly what Dino said. He he just wanted didn't want to conserve his energy there for that late late, late sprint. But uh, if he can learn off that and improve off that, he, he's in a big he's in a big package there with a, like so many lovely three year olds. Let's get to our first caller. We've got plenty of calls coming in. This is what the good horses do. Uh, so give us a call, 13.53.53. We've got uh, Steve on the line. Morning, Steve. Yeah, good morning, boys. How are you? Good, mate. Uh, just one for Dino, if I could. Um, heresy. What, what, do you, what do you make of Heresy, and um, where do you think she might head to? If, 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 can she get longer? Or Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, well, she's a good filly. The fillies, again, ran half a second slower than the... The Colts. So, uh, as we saw when they were two-year-olds, uh, the the Colts are better. But uh, she's one of the better fillies, and her run on Saturday from a wide draw was tremendous. And she's got a bit of substance to her. I, I don't know if she's a run-on sprinter or she'll get further. It's uh, out of a good mare in Montsegur. Um Yeah, I, I would say she could probably get further. And uh, but there's a good series of twelve up to fourteen hundred, and whether she goes onto a guineas, but. I want to follow her because I think her run on Saturday, outside of the win, the first two are the best two in the race, I think, and obviously Najmati, who was desperately unlucky. They're the three you'd want to take out of the race, but, uh, yeah, her run was very good. All right. Thanks, guys. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, mate. Thanks, Steve. Um, uh, we've got Mark on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, good morning. Dino, hey, I'm interested in the run of Elephant on Saturday. Yes. Yes, he's five from five now, and uh, he'd only gone in with one pretty soft trial too, so uh, I think he'll improve a bit. Uh, I don't know how good he is. Uh, he might have to find out pretty quick because the trainer is talking of running him in the fee, and I just hope he runs him through the handicaps because he, he looks the ideal sort of horse, but uh, he's a beauty. He's got enough speed to make his own luck, and then he uh, and then he can quicken, so I think they'll have a lot of fun with him. I don't know if he has just yet. He might have. He might have. But that was an 84 grade on Saturday. So, yeah. you know, you, you want to be about 100 grade before you're thinking wait for age. So he's got a bit to go. Um, yeah, I, I thought he ran. I thought he, look, he was really good. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to see him in the open handicap and then maybe a Turak and the Cantala at this stage. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I know we talk about cattle, uh, Dino, uh, underneath the jock. But, geez, Damien Lane... Um, when he's on, he is on, mate. He's he's got to be right up there in the, the some of the best in the country. Well, I think it's a little bit, uh, for whatever reason, a bit forgotten that 2019 he won a Golden Slipper, a Caulfield Cup, and a Cox Plate in one calendar year. So uh, he's a pretty amazing young jockey, and uh, he's very low key in himself, and probably that's why he doesn't uh, you know he doesn't seek the, the publicity, and he's pretty pretty quiet sort of bloke. But he just, he can get the job done, and he's a beautiful rider. He certainly can. Thanks for your call uh, there. All right, we'll go from Mark to Sean. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we all? Good, mate. Mate, Christopher for Dino. Mm. Do you think a way game might be maybe a miler, depending how he 
any other day on, on Saturday. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, but uh, I think what she did, considering the handicaps on Saturday, she ran an enormous race. Uh, I would say that uh, I don't know where she'll go next, but I, I had a feeling that they may be thinking of the Moya with her as well, keeping her fresh for that. So I wouldn't be surprised if she went the other way. But uh, wherever she goes, uh, God, she's a good competitor. She, uh, she you now that effort with I thought the fifty-eight would really pull her up on Saturday, but it, it didn't, and she uh, she nearly won. So it was a very very good run. Well, what's, what's the Moya doing? Is that that twelve hundred or thirteen thousand? Thousands, okay, fair enough. So maybe, maybe, maybe a short, a short trip. Is that, is that a Friday night race they have there? Yeah, yeah. The Moya, and then maybe into the Manicato, I suppose, if they went that way, because you know she's not, oh, she's not going to get a ticket in the Everest. I wouldn't imagine. So uh, they'd probably be the the options for her. All right, I'll stick with her. Thanks, mate. Beauty, beautiful. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for your call. Uh, now I think we've got Stephen on. Plenty of calls this morning. Give us a call thirteen fifty three fifty three. But that open line is open. Uh, Steve, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. How are you, fellas? How are you, mate? Good, mate. What's yeah, on your mind? For yes, Steve. Yep. Yeah, horse there, race four. Timber Grains, good, guys. Just uh, interested in finding out what's happening with Starm and Chris Waller. Got scratched Friday, late afternoon. Backed it on Thursday at 8.50. Oh, yep, yep. Um, I, Chris, yeah, I think uh, maybe there's something during the week for, for for that horse. Or Chris, you know, puts likes to take his horses through his classes, their classes. And obviously, when he accepted, you know, you know, seventy two after winning a maiden, um, he would have had a look at the field and says, okay, no, no, there's something maybe a little bit easier for, or he might have wanted. He's in a, to keep... he's in a seventy two on Wednesday on the Kenza. Yeah, so and yeah. he probably might have wanted to keep McDonald on him, so he didn't get McDonald's weight there. So maybe he's got a good opinion of him and um, just wants to keep McDonald on him and just get his rating up a little bit. So yeah, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with him. Thank you for your call. Winner was great in that race, King of Sparta. But let's talk about the horse that. Uh, and I heard Munns talking. In fact, I'll come to you here, Munns, first, and then we'll get a comment from Duff. But the tab were very keen to lay Tokamar, weren't they? I heard you on Sky Thoroughbred Central saying, you know, we're, we're laying this. Um, was there a lot of money invested in him? Did punters just keep wanting buttering up? Uh, they did, Dave. But every time they buttered up, they made sure they just pushed it out another turn uh, to get them to butter up even more. Yeah. Um, so he was a situation. He was $5 on um, Saturday morning. He got into as short as about $4 there. But by the time they jumped, he may have even been a $6 chance. He was five fifty at least, may have even been $6. But, um, you know, the, sometimes you get it right, Dave, sometimes you don't. He, he, just remember, he was going from a Gosford maiden to a Saturday benchmark 72 race um, mm. at only his third start in a race. Now, I know he, he did finish at the tail of the field, and Grant Buckley reported to stewards he thinks he's, he, he's come to the end of his preparation. Uh, but, you know, the horses that he beat and beat easily at Gosford had had, had a couple of starts since and been beaten, so... The form around him w- was a bit suspect. He was taking on horses that had won metropolitan races uh, and, and similar yeah. type weights can, and horses that had won multiple races. Can, can I ask, and I'll come to you here, Duff, why was there this big boom on him? Was it because of the manner in the win? Or, I mean, I know that there's different form agencies around the place, like punting form, etc., and different data here and there, but was it jumping off the page from the Gosford win? I'm just... I'm, 
because there was a bit of a spruik on him. There was. Any horse that wins a maiden by six lengths is always got opens everyone's eyes. I, I thought he ran in the wrong race. Well, he obviously did run in the wrong race. I don't know whether he would have done much in the midway either, considering circumstances. But um, as you know, it was he was a spruik horse, and he was under the odds considering the makeup of that field. There was some real improvers in that field, and you know that showed when they run a course record. So. Um, Let's just assess him next time. He's he, he's probably go for a spell now after that, and they'll, they'll, we know he's got plenty of talent, and uh, hopefully we can see the best of him next prep. But uh, he was definitely under the odds considering circumstances. All right, and the winner, um, which SP440, I'll come back to you here, Munns, considering that money for Tokemar, I mean, was King of Spa as, as well fancied or...? Well, they never got involved in the Dutch auction there at any stage, Dave, uh, with King of Sparta. Uh, okay. You could have got $5 when it jumped, and we were $3.90. Uh, so, you know, they, they didn't want to get involved. Uh, you know, because horses have a price. Uh, it was a horse that um, went up $4 on Saturday morning and was three sixty by the time we finished the preview at 9 o'clock. So, you know, that, they're, they're being able to lay it at that, that early stage. And their, their sole purpose in life on Saturday was to lay Tokemar. So that, that's all they were really concerned about there. But there were some other very, very good goes in the race. Like Island Bay Boy, I took $26 at, uh, in the morning on Saturday. It ran single figures. And, you know, the, uh, the market probably wasn't, you know, completely where you thought it had been. Bacchanalia held its spot all, all day in the market. Tokemar was easy. Um, well, Lizzie tipped Selber Rose as pick of the yard, so they have to firm in the last five minutes. It was $12 into $8 in the last five minutes of betting. Um, Rustic Steel was very easy, the toppy, and conceded held its spot in the market there. So, you know, you get to a stage where you're going to run out of figures if you're, if you're trying to make a proper book, and you've managed to lay, you know, the horse that you, you can see there, $5 nearly when they jump, you'll probably average it out at $3.70 in the morning. Graham's on the line. Morning, Graham. Yeah, good morning, guys. How you going? Very good, mate. What's on your mind? Yeah, uh, just Kim LaGrange meeting. Um, I mean, it's a great track. I, I was up there doing some work up, up above the suburb above and looking over it last week, and I noticed how how beautiful the um, the inner track, or not the inner track, the course proper was. Like a real real emerald emerald green, and the rest of the track was or the was fairly well you know, yellow on that lacking water, but the course is just beautiful, you know. It really is a nice track, modelled on Ramwick, you know, without the rise up the straight. And I was, I was just amazed by the, the times the horses were running. I was talking to my mate about it the other day. Um, did, uh, did Crystal Pegasus break the track record for 2,000 metres? Uh, good question. I yes, I think so. Yeah, it did. Yeah, on riser, it's saying yes. Yes, track record. Big parade broke the, the twelve hundred meter record, and then the very next race, whatever won the next race after that was a two thousand meter race, and um, it broke the track record. And then later on, Crystal Pegasus come out and broke the track record again over two thousand meters. So, yeah. does that show the the quality of the horse that was there, you know, by default on Saturday? Or did, um, does it show that the course is a is a really good, nice racing circuit? I think um, 
a bit of both. I think it was hard and fast. There's no doubt about it. The track was was pretty dry. Um, but you'll see it. Uh, last year when Kembla had their first standalone Saturday meeting, they broke track records uh, during the day. So it's, it comes down to, yes, it is. They, it's the better class of horse they get there. Um, and that's why they're, they're running faster times. And obviously it comes down to wind and how dry the track is and, and uh, everything play, fell into place there as far as uh, running times, which can be dangerous if you're looking at individual times going into form next start. Well, this has broke the track record last start, but then you've got to look at it as a whole picture. And the whole picture says that it was a very fast day. So let's just compare times on the day more so than looking, oh, this horse can run, you know, 1-8. He, he, he mm. can win anything. So that, that's where punters get into, uh, get, in, get themselves trouble. into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And when you consider the, uh, Kembla only has the gong meeting usually with Saturday yeah. standard metropolitan horses. Mm. And usually, no, no offence to Kembla, and Kembla's been very, very good to my family for the last 50 years, they normally, you're looking at benchmark 64, 68, mm. maybe even a 70 at a touch. And you get to open handicappers, you get you know flying horses, you get group races, you get benchmark uh, 78s, Saturday standard racing. Well, they're going to run quicker anyway. Yeah. Mm. Um, before we get to a break, we'll take a break uh, to uh, to let everyone know that the open line is open, 13.53.53. Just a comment from here, you here, Dino. Um, it's flying around social media this morning. It's not related to what's on the track. It's actually related to one of your Victorian trainers, Matt Brown, uh, the Cranbourne trainer. And I, yes. I see a post that he's put on his own social media about him being fined for taking his two children to the races on Sunday and, and breaking a, a COVID protocol uh, because he couldn't get a babysitter I mean one personally how does that sit with you uh, and two is this sort of thing it, I think there's a bit of momentum on Melbourne radio and whatnot this morning they're talking about this yeah look it's not ideal but uh, gee it's uh, it's it's a oh, I don't know if he should have been fined I, I think no. that's a, probably a bit harsh but I think you know a bit of a word too uh, because We've got to keep it to essential people only. If we, you know, and I know it's only two kids, but if ten trainers all brought two kids, and you know, or their wives and things, it's it's just a bare minimum. It's absolutely skeleton staff at the races at the moment. So um, I can understand that RV were a little bit, um, you know, that they wanted to make a stance, but I don't know if it was right with a fine. That's what all I'd say. Yeah, I'm all for a tap on the shoulder. Um, yeah, you, you know, just don't do it again. Look, it's not not a good look. It's not the good look. I mean, if yeah. they, you know, if if yeah, and and it is a visual. If though those two kids were seen in the background, uh, in a pre-race interview or something, other trainers would say, "What's going on here?" You know. So it's that's the thing. You don't want it to not open floodgates, but everyone's been running at a skeleton staff. I mean, we're only allowed to have. You know, the, the bare minimum uh, media on course, as probably you are, and it's, uh, yeah, that's how it's got to be. Mm. All right, we'll take a break. Return shortly on Punters Post Mortem. Give us a call. 13 53 53, the open line number. Brett Kavanagh, record breaker. Wandered off like a gypsy and I went over to WA and started cheering with a guy called Wayne Bishop and he said, mate, I wish you were a racehorse, I'd have a good one. I saw a world record and then I never wanted to shear again, but the want to shear a world record was the fact that it was all about the Kiwis. You know, they owned the Melbourne Cup, so I think I was the first Aussie to take the Kiwis on at a world record. Monday's Experts. Monday's Experts.
11am Monday on Racing HQ. Daly Stallions, they win. September run driven out and the filly is going to do it again down the straight. They sell. At 2.1 million, he goes done. They get you to the big days. She has to dig deep the filly and Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. Daly Stallions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. If you only breed one, breed with Daly in 2021. This is a message to all local businesses. On behalf of all radio listeners. Let's hear from you. Yeah, we want to know when your shoes are on sale. If you can help me remortgage. Or landscape my yard. There's more of us listening to radio than ever before. In our cars, on our phones, laptops, smart speakers. In fact, 95% of all Australians. That's a lot of potential new customers. So come on. We're all ears. Advertise on radio and watch your business grow. For help with radio advertising, visit radioalive.com.au. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Sky Sports Radio on this Monday. Hopefully everyone is staying safe and well as we're locked down here in New South Wales. And uh, if you're listening for our radio network, we've got a big morning coming up. Our Monday's experts chat at 11 o'clock will be Mitch Beer. Looking forward to having a, a chat with Mitch about his life and how he fa- found himself there in, in Albury and, and what's in store for the future. He's a very funny man, Mitch, and we look forward to chatting with him. Are you with uh, Ron Duffercy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning? Duff, I'll come to you. Some text here about the spring preview where we saw Frosty Rocks uh, win, but I heard you mention it before with the Big Sports Breakfast team. This Cepheus for Matt Dunn and uh, Jay Collett. He looks to have uh, a nice little engine under the hood, doesn't he? He does. He, he looks a brute of a horse and... Uh... You know, he's relatively lightly raced. He's very interesting and uh, just, just showed a bit of dash at a couple of trials. Well, more than dash than what you'd expect, considering uh, that he'd won uh, 2,500 metres um, in December before coming over here. And uh, he, he, was, he was very solid in the market after, after opening $17 on Wednesday. I think he, only, he started $9, so... It was uh, there was a good push for him to say that he'd he'd run well and he definitely did run well so he's definitely a a horse for the future and he's going to have a good time in here, here in Australia like I said that was only his eleventh start and his future looks bright he's like I said he's a brute he's a lovely big horse and healthy and mm. well and looks like he's acclimatised brilliantly and they're going to have some fun. What about the winner, mate, uh, Frosty Rocks? Well, well, what can you say about Frosty? He's a lovable horse. You just love the back horses like him. He just pings and takes control. And when he didn't do that on Saturday, Man of Peace was very aggressive. And I thought, OK, we'll see what, you, see what you're made of today, Frosty. And dry track, second up. He had no second up form. And he, he showed that desire that we know he's got. He's a, he's a beauty, an absolute beauty. He, he continues to... Um, you know, have a go, as we say. Uh, Gawar was held up. He was pretty good. That was his style of race. Oscar Zulu battled on. Um, other than that, Order again didn't get a lot of clear galloping room there. And uh, True Detective was probably one of his worst runs this preparation. But all honours with the winner. He set outside the solid speed and showed grit and determination. Jumping back down uh, to Melbourne, I know you touched on Najmati 
earlier, Adina, when we were talking about uh, that race. But just for a, a bit more in-depth, there's a couple of texts here. You know, um, it, was that a pass mark? Uh, surely it was. Was it a pass mark for you, the run of Najma? Oh, it was an outstanding <laughs> run. Um, yeah. She, uh, it, the, the stewards film is the most graphic, uh, the stewards vision, because at the start... She just got absolutely barreled by Libiamo, the Graham Begg trained filly, and uh, that just put her out of position. There was a little opportunity about 100 metres after the start that Johnny Allen was going to get on the back of Gimme Par, but Brett Preble came straight out underneath him there on Sweet Mary, which he had enough room to, but took that spot. He was there quicker, and from there it was just a horror watch. Uh, to explain her pick-up in the straight, she ran for the meeting. She ran the... Sur- 37th best 600 of the day, the 8th best 400 and the 4th best 200. And I would say the 200 after the line, she was going faster again. Uh, it was an, it was a fantastic return without winning. Uh, and she's in that conversation with Gimme Parra and Heresy as our, our better fillies uh, down, certainly in the Melbourne form line anyway. Yeah. Uh, with with uh, Najmati, where, and there's a couple of texts here, where would you be sort of following? Would you be following her next start or waiting till she gets to a particular distance? Uh, well, I sort of had a pegged as a run-on sprinter, Duff. I, I, know she, I see she's. I know they enter them all for the races like the thousand guineas, but uh, I would have thought that if she goes, there's an eleven hundred down the straight in about three weeks or four weeks. The capped on Teebs, if she goes to that, she'd be pretty hard to beat. But uh, yeah, I, I'd be pretty keen to to follow her uh, in this sort of if all these fillies lined up again, with maybe the exception of Gimme Par, because to be fair, Najmati had three trials going in. And Gimme Par hadn't even had a jump out. So uh, there's going to be improvement to come out of Gimme Par. Yeah, she looks a sprinter to me. I wouldn't be messing with that speed. Just just into yep. those sectionals. Um, I don't think they'd be uh, you know, stepping her up any time soon because I think she's got brilliance about her. And oh, I've never seen a sicker watch than that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just side on it looked terrible. Um, but I suppose if you look like you've seen the head on the steward's vision and... There's excuses for it, so let's let that one go through to the keeper. It was awful. Yeah, it, uh, it certainly was. How well backed was she, Munns? I know that your focus is on on Sydney, but um, Nash Marty, I mean, look, the favourite obviously uh, got the job done, or the SP favourite, but that trial form, there would have been plenty of Sydney punters looking at the fact that, well, journalism came out and won, albeit by bees, you know what, at Hawkesbury. Uh, the O'Shea... Um, horse to come out of the trial was heavily backed at Scone, and we know there's always been a rap on this particular horse from the Snowden team. So was it was there money gravitating towards her? No, no, it was uh, it was a snow in the winner, Dave. It was four dollars in the morning. Gimme par and SP two dollars seventy, uh, whereas Naj Marty was four dollars sixty in the morning and SP five fifty. So yeah, definitely a very very good go for the winner. Uh, for Gimme par. Okay, David's on the line. Morning, David. How are you going, boys? Um, Dean, um, ingratiating is such a wonderful two-year-old, but um, if anything, Animo was a better colt. Um, there wasn't much between them, but it was a better colt last season. Um, where, do you think it, where do you think they'll end up going, both of them, during the... Like, what distances do you think ingratiating will go to and um, Animo, um, leading, yeah. you know, as the spring gets... As we get more into the spring... I'd probably query that up to 1,200. I think uh, ingratiating's well and truly as good as Animo. But then I think there'd be a fair separation. So I think I'm thinking Animo will go Golden Rose, Caulfield Guineas and maybe even a lightweight Cox Plate run, whereas ingratiating 
will just chip around the edges of the sprints and end up in the Coolmore down the straight because he's got such a great straight record. So I don't necessarily think they have to clash, and I think uh, they've both got massive chances of winning Group 1 stuff. Uh, definitely. Uh, no, definitely. Animo will come into his own at 14-plus, and uh, ingratiating one tough colt because he had a very busy schedule. Busy, he was, yeah. yeah he, yep. he was, you know, he was, I think he was in the Talon Dirt, the Blue Diamond, and... Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think he, the pay game. Ran the week was, before the slipper. That's right. Yeah, he, he, he was one tough colt. Oh, Dean. Beautiful, David. Thanks. Oh, yep. go again, mate. Yep. Oh, Dean, just last... I remember last year, I heard David Eustace talking oh, a few weeks ago, or a couple of weeks ago, on um, six, oh, 68 or 78, you know, that mm-hmm. racing station. Um, there was a colt last time that ran the fastest sectionals as a two-year-old, um, and he broke down Acrobat, and he's come back. Um David um, Eustace said, and Mar was well. Eustace was saying he reckons his acrobat's the best of his um, two-year-olds. He thinks he's absolutely outstanding and will, may well win the Coolmore, which might be interesting to watch as well. Yeah, well, he's a he's a fascinating horse because he only ran in that English Nursery and ran amazing time and did it easily. And uh, haven't seen him again. So uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, where he fits in uh, would be exciting because uh, yeah, that one exposure was a tremendous run. And he's the same price as ingratiating in the Coolmore at $11. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for your call there. Uh, Now, uh, he's a little bit early today, but we've got Kurt on the line. Morning, Kurt. Not 15 minutes of him, please. (laughs) Get ready, Dean. How are you, Kurt? Good, mate. Good. I just want to mention the performance of the week, mate. Tallyho Twinkle Toes, Trans Tasman Double. Uh, Green National Steeplechase winner in, winner in Vic and on Saturday down there won by the length of the Flemington Straight and a double for Phelan taking out the Green National Hurdle on Wednesday in fine style as well with the Cossack what a horse mate any chance of Tallyho Twinkle co- Toes coming up here Dean? He'll be back I think Kurt I think you're running the Grand National at Ballarat in two weeks all being well under Paddy Payne's name Oh, well, Paddy looks after uh, Kevin Myers' horses when they come over. So, yeah, it'll be in, in his name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. How good was the Cossack on Wednesday as well, Dean? The who? The Cossack, the national hurdle at Rickerton. I actually missed the hurdle. I only watched the chase on Saturday. I'm a bit, I'm a bit <laughs> behind the times. Team, huh? I'll go back <laughs> and have a look soft. at it. Yeah, I will. Out, Dean, in one week, mate. Just give me six minutes. I'll watch the race. You all right, Dino? I found a derby horse already. Thank you. Footlights. Right. Did it win yes? Did it win yesterday at Cranbourne? You got it. Footlights. Yeah, it's a big yeah. step. Dude. That's a big step up, Dean. I mean, um, I know there was money around for it. Bread out of a pins, man, mate. Trent Busser to Natalie Young. Know a bit in a bit about a stayer. Yeah, he's a nice what do you horse. Think, uh, yeah, he's his trials would suggest that that was going to be as short as he wanted, and. It worked out well for him that the two leaders decided to absolutely declare each yes. other on about 500 from home. Uh, and it and it was a run on track as it proved. It was race one and he got in the, he got in the best lane. But it was a good win. Uh, he's he's it certainly... Be a problem. The, yeah, he's the right sort of horse. To, you know, he's somewhere in the mix. I mean, that's what you, you look at with the derby horses at the moment. He's probably one of about 15 that shaped the right sort of way. Yeah, yeah. And Dean Quintello... What? What a, what a job there on Wednesday. You love this one, don't you, Kurt? Oh, mate, he's just a sledgehammer. He knocks him on the head whenever he goes, right, I'm going to do this now. She does, yeah. She's, she, she's good. Yeah, she's a uh, maiden straight to a city win. And uh, 
I don't know how far she'll get in the spring, but uh, she's a yeah, she's very handy in the in the uh, midweeks anyway. Yeah, and Dean, can uh, I ask you about this one? Um, the Garden. I've always liked him since he won. Who? Where do you think Simon Wilde's tr- tracking this one towards? Simon Wilde's renowned for keeping horses up for a long period of time, so uh, he's had what three or four runs this time in. Uh, that was a. Uh, walk in the park the other day uh i just wonder if he's going to try and get into that country cup series over spring it's a half a million dollar race on oaks day i just wonder if he'll back off a little bit try and win one of those qualifying races and and aim up at that because uh he's a uh, he's a really smart horse it was a good weekend for uh, grand syndications of course winning with uh, behemoth on protest and i think this horse the gardens uh, yeah he's got something about him that's you know above average Thank you very much for your call, Kurt. Just on the Victorian Derby, can you get your thoughts on one here at dinner? Because I know you've got your eye on Perth uh, as well as uh, Melbourne. But I had Lindsay Smith on the program a few weeks ago. Uh, it was a 1,400-metre maiden. It mm-hmm. was back on... Uh, I had him on the 30th of June. There was a Mongolian Khan cult called Cheerful Moment, which he sort of went into chatting about that, you know, that this horse had been purchased by Jerry Ryan and um, it, it comes through the, the trials. They, and he was going to start it in Melbourne or, or go through that process, but he really wanted to take it on the same journey as Plastered. He actually went into a lot of detail in the interview. It was fantastic. Uh, it got rolled that day um, in that 1,400-metre race, but then he, he took it to, um, to Northam and it got the chocolates. But he was saying... Derby in that race or in, in that interview, and I see it's fifteen dollars in it's the Derby. Have you kept the fifteen? Twenty six into fifteen. Yeah, have and you the, kept the, the other horse footlights is fifty one to twenty six. Yeah, okay. Have you uh, had a look at the owners of Cheerful Moment, Dave? Uh, oh, Mr. DM Lester. Yes, I just saw that. Then okay, well, put it. The, well, Cheerful Moment. Tell us the um, tell us the story. Okay, uh, so Jerry sort of said to me uh, in about January, he said, I'd like to try and find a derby horse, which uh, obviously we all would, but uh, we sort of went looking in New Zealand and uh, pretty much identified straight away that sort of state was the best two-year-old. And this horse, whilst he ran third and was beaten six lengths, he just looked like a staying sort of horse. So uh, after he got beaten at his second run, we uh, made a pitch for him and we were able to purchase him. And... Uh, Lindsay said, I'm going to put him on the, the plastered path, do the deep sand training in Perth for as long as we can. Uh, and he's had those uh, three runs in Perth. And he's been really good. Uh, he's about three or four weeks off a run. He had a little freshen. He's about three or four weeks off a run. But uh, Lindsay's main concern is um, he wants to get him over here a bit earlier because of the, you know, the rarity of travel uh, with the with the planes and there might be a plane coming over next week so he may come to okay. Melbourne a bit earlier than anticipated so he'll probably do all of his racing in spring from here on in in Melbourne. Okay but but obviously Lindsay's... The, uh, the great yeah. John Rebo in the ownership as well. John Rebo yes uh, yeah we left uh, I think we left Billy Slater and Cam Smith out of this one we put them in they're in Furion with us but uh, yeah John the, John Rebo's involved and uh, uh, Peter Blunden former editor of the Herald Sun so uh, no a really good crew I didn't even know your name was in there mate that wasn't a stitch up punters that was uh, <laughs> legit so there you go all right we've got to, we can follow we can come on this journey with you mate um, yeah it's exciting moment. there you go it's exciting um yeah, I think uh, I think this year the the derby sponsored by Penfolds, and I think that's one of the reasons Jerry wants to try and win the derby. I think maybe the winning owner receives a, a barrel of uh, Grange Hermitage, so uh, 
He's, uh, Fair he's rather keen to get involved in that. Here. Yeah, well, I hope it's a good vintage because he's probably got a pretty good seller. I haven't been there for a while. That's outstanding. All right, uh, so cheerful moment, one to put in the black book, and we'll follow that throughout the course of uh, the spring. Um, Duff, just a chat here in relation to, to text uh, saying, hey, guys, I see that Geetra galloped at uh, Ramwick uh, late last week, as did Very Elegant, etc. Um, why would Chris have done that with Very Elegant? Was that purely just, uh, I know that he asked and there's all that sort of stuff, but would that be just to get her away from Rose Hill, that, that small yep. amount of travel? Yep. It's a stimulation. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, he used to do it with Winks. He'd give her a track gallop after the tr- latest trial. and he, he, It's just his process. It's, uh, it, it stimulates him. It's better than just going out and working at home. You put him on a float, it's a day out. It's like a, an experience for him. and It, it, uh, it sharpens him up. Well, it does, well, it does with Chris's horses. He, it's a method he uses a lot, with, especially with his good horses. So... Um, yeah, there's nothing untoward with that. Um, it's a shame we didn't get any vision of that, but I suppose with the COVID things, it's hard to have people yeah. on track uh, taking uh, cameras on the track and whatever when it's not secure. So, um, yeah, so it's a shame we didn't see that. I don't think they would have done a lot anyway, uh, but there's, I think there was four or five horses that galloped at Ramwick on uh, that, that, that morning. I think it might have been last... Uh, Friday. Friday morning. Yeah. Would it also be uh, the opportunity for James McDonald to get on a back to, to get his sort of yes. feedback on how she feels? Possibly. Uh, possibly, yeah, because, like I said, these jockeys are restricted in where they're riding, so it, it could have well have been. Mm. Okay, beautiful. Uh, before we get some horses to follow, uh, gents, um, just uh, on... Uh, Eduardo's tomorrow. So we've got this trial tomorrow, don't we, Buns? Um, tomorrow we've got Warwick Farm trials, which will be on Sky Thoroughbred Central live, and we'll also have some audio and some discussion about it tomorrow. But uh, we'll have, what we'll time's have Duff and Greg going through it. Are you going as well? Okay. Oh, well, not going, but they'll be via the VMIX. Okay, beautiful. Um, what time, Duff? 9.24. Okay, so smack bang yeah. in the middle of Racing HQ, that Eduardo uh, Guitra trial. Yeah, latest start to the trials tomorrow. Um, I think it's nine o'clock where there's a couple of course proper trials for, I think, uh, how many? There's a lot of trials, but the main trials go up yeah, to... Yeah, the first four are on the course proper. Yeah, I think the first seven are on the course proper. So then they go into the poly track from, from Heat 8. But yeah. there's some interesting horses trialling, but none more so than those two there, G-Tra and Eduardo uh, clashing that trial in, in Heat number three. And okay. uh, we've got a rider for GTRA, Mr. Josh Evans. So, um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Okay, all right. Uh, and just on, uh, there's another text here. Hey, guys, are you surprised that Eduardo still hasn't been picked up already for the Tab Everest? Oh, is that surprising us, or do you think, no, now that the, the, those main players have been picked, um, you know, time will, time will tell? Well, time will tell. I think a lot of these slot holders want to have a look at these three-year-olds early on. Um, to see how they've come back, you stay insides, and and maybe one or two others. Um, yeah, it, 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 he's still a big chance. I think Joe wants to show him off first up, and then he'll attract uh, attention. Okay, we'll take a break. We return horses to follow from the guys, uh, and we can hopefully look ahead to uh, to putting these in our black book. Prague. 
new to Kiora in 2021. He ticks all the boxes. He's a lovely physical. He's very natural and he's got a beautiful temperament. Prague takes the lead at the 175. Prague going well in the lead. Push right out, Prague beat Global Quest second. Prague got the upper hand at the 100 and starts to draw away now, Prague. Prague goes on to win it. Prague, a multiple two-year-old group winning son of Redoute's choice. New to Kiora in 2021. As the official sponsor of punters clubs and pubs and clubs everywhere, the guys at Sticky are now aiming up to support punters for the Kosciuszko. But this time, it's not only their succulent wings on offer, but their new Sticky Pork Ribs too. Just buy tickets in the Kosciuszko at participating venues to receive your free Sticky Wings or Ribs. Go to stickywings.com.au to find your nearest participating venue and get Sticky for the Kosci. That's stickywings.com.au. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. It is Punters Postmortem. We've got some horses to follow. Before we do, I might um, put you on the spot here, Dino, and I apologise, mate, but um, it's just because we've got uh, a text here from Panda and also a few others saying, hey, Dave, today's my weekend, and I'm wondering if the boys have any mail today for a small flutter on to cure the lockdown blues. I'm only asking because we've got a large percentage of the Australian population in lockdown and some people did have to work over the weekend doing an essential service and now they're not. Is there anything at Ballarat today you like or Munns maybe you can see something that's been a big mover today uh, in our New South Wales meetings just as a as a one-off while this um, crazy time's on in the world? Um, I'm, I've been working through Ballarat. Uh, I think... Uh, Tony McAvoy's got a great record on this synthetic track at the moment. Maybe Toys on Fire, race six, number three. I thought it trialled pretty well recently, so uh, okay. I thought it might be a good winning chance. Uh, but um, two dollars forty be the at this stage. Two forty. Okay. Yeah. Actually, right. there, there's a bloke that needs a wrap, uh, Dino. Josh Richards, who obviously uh, ha- is from the Riverina area of New South Wales, is riding down there in Victoria. And every time you turn on the bloody TV, he's riding winners. Well, what a uh, great use of the system, and uh, Mick Kent is uh, proactive with the apprentices, and uh, he watches apprentices Australia-wide, and Josh Richards arrived in Victoria with 126 winners under his belt and could claim three on the provincials. So he was a, he was snapped up very quickly. He's ridden a stack of winners on the provincials, and uh, he rode a few midweek winners, but Saturday he rode his first Saturday winner. Uh, yep. Dave Eustace and Kiramar have been using him a lot because... He's a bit of a bit of a godsend. At, well, I think two and one and a half in the bush, and certainly three in town. So uh, he's uh, he's a beauty. Yeah, he's ridden. Uh, I don't know how many winners he's ridden since he's been in Melbourne, but he have to be 40, 40 plus. So uh, yeah, yeah the, a great great use of the apprentice apprentice claim and system. And they've got another young girl working for them too. The Eustace team, don't they? Heidi, is it Heidi, Heidi Gilly. Yeah, yeah, Heidi Gilly, uh, who was I think just a track rider, and I think sort of all-rounds woman, uh, drove the truck for them to races and things and wow. light enough to, to give it a go, and she's ridden a couple of winners now. Fantastic. And I see yesterday in New South Wales, Ruby um, Haylock uh, got uh, a victory there for the Jarvis team uh, down there at Maruya. So it's good to see these young kids coming through and these apprentice jockeys uh, getting a wonderful moment. What's anything been back to New South Wales today, Munns? Yeah, Gunnadar race two, number four, hard to dismiss. Looks as though it didn't go up favourite this morning, but it is favourite now. And there was... Uh, Scotty one, Singleton. Yeah. Uh, that's Gunna, and Gunnadar race four, number three, deploys alone. 
Uh, I'm just looking at the horse. Basically, no money for it. And these markets would have went up Friday. Uh, mm. and, and there's uh, money for it this morning. So, All uh, right. Uh, the early favourite there, Oslo's a scratching, so superior witness favourite, but deploys alone much more popular than it today. Nothing really happening this morning at Ballarat at this stage. All right, there uh, there you go, Panda, and also Tally Ho. There you go. So race six, number three, Toys on Fire. Keep an eye on it uh, today at Ballarat. And two that have the money have come for at Gunnedah. Race two, number 14, hard to dismiss, and race four, number three. Duff, horses to follow, mate. What are we following from Kembla? Yeah, a couple of stable mates. I think picks himself, Cepheus, um, out of the spring preview. And I think Subterranean uh, is a chance of upsetting at a, at a bit of odds in, a, um, in his next couple of runs. All right, perfect. Uh, Dino? I liked a, a few from Caulfield Saturday, Dave. Maha Shakti is one we haven't spoken of. Uh, she's a really good staying mare, I think, in the making. Um, I don't know how high she gets in the spring, but maybe a race like the Matriarch was a lovely kickoff first up. Najmati we have spoken about. Terrific return. And one in the last, he ran near enough to last, but hit the line really well, was never again. And he always bobs up and wins a 1,400 each preparation. Wouldn't be surprised if it was second up in a couple of weeks. Uh, he ran very nicely first up, never again. Munns? Uh, I'm going wide, Dave, as per usual. Uh, yep. That horse I said I had something on on Saturday, um, Island Bay Boy. He's only a benchmark 64 horse in town, and uh, he was first up there on Saturday. They ran you know, one of those races, they broke the track record, and then he was sort of wide throughout the whole race and never turned it up at any stage. I'll be keeping on his back. And one out of the highway, now under the care of... Um, um, Mike Mulholland, uh, Jabath, I thought it found the line all right. Not not noted as a first-up horse, but uh, he can find the right race for a horse, Mike Mulholland. Oh. And once he gets them in form, they certainly hold their form. And if he could put um, Michael Carl on them... Uh, uh, Matty Carl, sorry. I keep getting yeah. these boys mixed up. I've only known him for the whole life. Uh, he only rode just a lazy five winners yesterday at Narromine, and he produced the ride of the day. They all wanted to go to the outside fence at uh, Narromine. So uh, Matty said, oh, I'll do the old Jimmy Cassidy here. Straight to the inside fence. He got the money, and you wouldn't believe it. The next race, he went straight to the outside fence again and got the money. <laughs> and uh, I've got to give a rap too to Travers as well. Um, M. Travers uh, for Travis. a big weekend. Yeah. So uh, both Matty... Um, he yes, ran a couple... Uh, Narromine, uh, not Narromine, Narandra. On yeah, Saturday Narandra. the last winner yesterday at Maruya. And uh, Jeffrey Felix in Queensland rode the program. At Prairie. Uh, a five-race uh, meeting at Prairie on Saturday. Jeez. Well, how old would Jeffrey be? Um, oh, he probably 40. 40 odd. odd. Okay. Yeah. Um, just quickly, we've got two meetings, but um, I've got to raise it. Dino Behemoth in Adelaide. Obviously, uh, we all saw the protest um, upheld your beauty. But what about uh, his return? Were you happy with what you saw in, in terms of moving forward? Is he going to be a, a force come these 1,400-metre races in Melbourne? Oh, well, certainly the Memsey. He might get weighted out of a Rupert Clark now, but uh, the Memsey in two weeks has got to be his main target. It was a really good kickoff uh, for mine. It was... For, it was the contest of the day. Uh, once they settled 1-2, uh, 
and uh, you could see what was going on. And Bo Rosser, Todd Panel, whipping the left hand, just drifting off. And Behemoth, he actually held his line very well by his standards and uh, and then got taken off his line. So the protest was certainly to be upheld, but uh, it was a really good race and a really good return by Behemoth. And wouldn't be selling Bo Rosser short either. He's a, a very good horse. I don't know if he goes to the Memsey or he just stays at the shorter range until maybe a race like the Rupert Clark where he can still use his handicap rating. Fantastic. Gentlemen, have a good week. Stay safe in lockdown and uh, good luck with the trials tomorrow morning, Duff. See you guys. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Dave.